Today on CityCast Denver, I am happy to report that the Colorado Avalanche are rolling through the NHL playoffs. They polished off St. Louis at the end of last week, and tonight at Ball Arena, they'll face the red-hot Edmonton Oilers and their star, Connor McDavid, the best hockey player in the world. Outside the arena, we're looking at scattered showers all week, which is good news for the tomatoes my wife and I planted over the long weekend. But what about a hundred years from now? Will anyone be able to grow a tomato in Denver? Or will we spend our days searching for clean water to drink? One theater group in town has spent a lot of time thinking about this, and now they're inviting you to immerse yourself in Denver's climate future with a new production called The End. And it's pretty much as apocalyptic as it sounds. Producer and theater lover Lizzie Goldsmith was in Globeville last week to hang out with some of the cast and crew of Control Group Productions and get a sneak peek at their version of our not-too-distant future. Oh, and stick around, because CityCast CEO David Plotz will be joining us for a conversation about CU Boulder's Master of Arts in Journalism Entrepreneurship Program, brought to you by CU Boulder. Today is Tuesday, May 31st, 2022. I'm Paul Caroli. And this is CityCast Denver. Hey, it's Lizzie. What really grabbed me about Control Group's latest production is that it's an actual bus tour. You go to one of the pickup spots in or near Denver, and then this bus pulls up and you're immediately thrust into another world for three hours. And in a lot of ways, I don't think it's too different of a world than the one we already live in. This is a more progressed climate crisis than the one we're dealing with, sure, but the characters are reacting the same ways we're reacting. Some are giving up hope, some are living in a bubble of their own making, and others are trying to change their world for the better. One of the people I talked with was Caroline Sharkey, who's the assistant director and one of the cast members. So do you want to go look at the bus then? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> All right. So while we're walking, can you tell me about this, the place we're in now? So this building is an abandoned slaughterhouse. We have renovated it to become the safe house of this show. So it is a kind of a ad hoc space. We've done our best to make it feel cozy and at home, but also done our best to still make it feel rather scary. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, even seeing it, it's it's very sparse and yeah. very feels like a place you could see has been abandoned. And I mean, yeah. that's part of its history. It's it's pretty crazy. In one of the scenes, there's one area that has um, two drains, <laughs> one that is a drain for blood and one that is a drain for water, which is like has become since then a part of the scene. Oh, um, man. Go on up. OK. Welcome to the bus. So this bus is our mode of transit to take audience members, passengers, as we're calling them within the show, to a refuge where we can survive the oncoming climate apocalypse. We're not just surviving, we're thriving. You'll never have to worry about anything ever again. The refuge is a secure location that doesn't appear on any map, satellite image, or government database. Not problematic at all. Not problematic at all, no. The whole first act of the show is gathering supplies that we need to go bring to the refuge. And then from there, some shenanigans happen. 
the only inside scene that happens is in our safe house. Everything else is on the bus or outside. We're mainly all around the Globeville, Valeria, Swansea neighborhood. So we've been working with a lot of folks there to make sure that we're including that community and not just, you know, stomping over it. But it's mainly within this, like, two to three mile radius where all the stops are. But it's very disoriented when you drive around here because you, like, turn one corner and you're like, oh, I know where I am. And then you turn Mm -hmm. the next and you're completely disoriented. So I think a lot of the desire has been to disorient people and make them realize that there's so much more of Denver than what they're used to. Oh, wow. Yeah. So tell me about this bus. (laughs) This bus, yeah. So we tricked out the ceiling so we can swing on ropes. There's maps everywhere. It is also, we've been working with a company called Playground Ensemble. We have a dance battle, a crazy opening number with feather fans. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, it's pretty wild. (laughs) It's kind of geared toward you're all facing the center. Mm -hmm. There are the maps. Um, What's what's the story with the maps? Um, So a lot of it is about finding safe places for water within the story of this show because Denver is actually a prairie. (laughs) So water is pretty hard to come by in in what Denver originally was. And so we talk a lot about that. So much of the show is about finding safe places, places that have not yet been overtaken by floods or Mm -hmm. natural disasters of that kind. So a lot of it is just being like, okay, Houston is now underwater. San Francisco is now decivilized. Um, so there'll be lots of notations on all of these maps that has those mini little details, kind of like Easter mm-hmm. eggs. So we've been trying to, as much as we can, repurpose everything that we weren't originally planning to use, trying to make it as sustainable and zero waste as possible. And it's been a work in progress. Same with the exterior of the bus. We have been doing multiple, multiple layers of spray paint. Mm-hmm. We've, been invi- we've been heading to random places around Denver and inviting people to spray paint <laughs> with little prompts. So that's been super fun to oh, do. Wow. This production has been, I mean, it was planned to, to happen a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. What's like the big vision here and how has it changed over the last couple of years? Originally, there were going to be cyborgs, <laughs> and there was going to be a rock concert at one point. It was going to be pretty different than this version. Um, yeah, 2020 was a different year than 2022, <laughs> to say the least. What this show really is about is like how different people respond and deal with climate change, especially when we're right on the precipice of things changing really drastically is the question of how are you going to react and deal with this change? Are you going to be a nihilist who just gives up and drinks? Are you going to gather people together to create your own community? Are you going to hunker down and, you know, stay to the ground with cans of beans? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I think that that was what was really important to us in making this version of the show is just bringing it back to a very individual level.
After talking with Caroline, I got off the bus and got to explore the main sets indoors. First off, the old slaughterhouse building's mostly concrete with very high ceilings. And in the world of the show, it's a safe house for a group of people struggling to make it. A leader, a gardener, a drifter, and others. While I was exploring and taking pictures, I ran into another cast member. Yeah, yeah. I can show you up there if you want. Sure. Just be careful with the steps. So is this all part of the part of the garden then? Yeah, this is part of the garden. This is um, my hangout spot. Okay. What's what's your name and who do you play? Um, my name's Krista, and I play in this scene um, Alpha, and Alpha is the gardener's assistant, and I live here, so. This is my little secret hangout spot that only a few people get to see. It seems very all-consuming, like prep for it. And I know it's been like kind of a years in the making thing. Mm -hmm. I think that your comment about being all-consuming is very true. Mm -hmm. And I think that it has to be in this process. Like if you're not all-consumed by it, you're not able to actually pass on the feelings to your people that you're leading around so part of that is hard because you end up it's exhausting but that's so important to this process because if you don't feel it then it just doesn't communicate so yeah so much of theater is like escapism right and like and and this is not this is not escapism definitely not and I think that can register to people in very different ways some people who will come to the show will probably be very agitated and perhaps leave not getting the experience that they thought. Some, I think, will be totally transformed and some will be so in it that because they've had the experience of it. Um, so I think that's what makes it exciting for us as performers. You just never know what kind of people you're going to get, which makes it not just a service to the audience, but makes it reciprocal. What are you most excited for in this role with this production? probably to like change people's hearts. Um, they get to actually experience the emotions of what it might feel like to live in an apocalypse, which is something you can only really imagine, but to feel is a whole other thing. I think that we have a lot of ideas that if talk was enough, that they would, they would, things would happen, but it's not enough. People talking about ideas I think is always important and I think researching and learning and all that is it makes a big difference in the way you see the world but I think sometimes the way we feel it it makes us act I think we always are like oh yeah you know all of Florida will be underwater that's not me (laughs) but Denver specifically there's a lot that could happen and seeing what you can do and what could happen on a local level is really, really important to me. And, you know, we could very easily, like, only have water once a week and then Mm. only have it once a month and then have to filter our water ourselves. It's, we have the plat, which is great that we have that, but there's a lot of work that needs to be done in ensuring that this area specifically is cleaned up. We're wonderfully working with um, some folks called Greenhouse Connection Center and some other people within this neighborhood. And we're bringing in 
neighborhood activists at the end of each show. So after the show has ended and we're driving you back to your start location, we'll have some activists talking about like what you can do tomorrow when you wake up, as opposed to just ending the show and saying, mm-hmm. bye, see you later, um, which I think is the most important part of it, actually. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. what I'm doing as a performer. It's what these people are already doing and how we can aid that. Right now, as an artist, I am very much invested in work that means something. It's very easy to just show up, do a dance about, you know, a color, and then go home. But it feels much more important in my life right now to be doing work that impacts people. Performances of The End are set to run from June 4th to July 31st with rotating pickup locations across the metro area. You can learn more and get tickets at controlgroupproductions.org. And now, please enjoy this sponsored segment with CityCast CEO David Plotz in conversation with CU Boulder's Pat Ferrucci about their Master of Arts in Journalism Entrepreneurship program. Hi, I'm David Plotz, CEO of CityCast. CU Boulder offers one of the most interesting, and I would argue most useful journalism programs anywhere a master's degree in journalism entrepreneurship. I'm fired up to talk about it today with Pat Ferrucci, who's Director of Graduate Studies for the Department of Journalism at CU Boulder. Pat, welcome to CityCast. Thanks, David. Happy to be here. So as someone who has spent my career straddling journalism and the business of journalism, I'm really excited to talk about this because I think it's really smart for CU Boulder to offer this kind of program. Can you start by telling us what is journalism entrepreneurship. It's how we see the the industry going. 20 years ago, if you wanted to be a journalist, you finished your program and you got a job and like broadcast or print, and then you just spent your career doing that. But journalism isn't one thing anymore. And so our program kind of reflects that reality. There's all these different types of journalistic organizations that have popped up, a lot of them being small and kind of just one person or a few people. And so it's really about the business of journalism and how to create kind of a self-sustaining as best possible organization where you can kind of cover a specific niche or thing that is uh, what you want. Also, as a journalist in today's marketplace, you kind of have to be your own brand. So the program really teaches you how to figure out who you are as a journalist and market yourself. How long have you been offering this program? So we will be starting, I believe, our fourth year in the fall. We're seeing our first graduates last year. We have them in traditional media. We have one who just started at McSweeney's. We have one who's starting their own local high school sports website. So kind of across the board from everything from traditional paths to more entrepreneurial paths like we hope. Is the program online or in person? So it's online primarily, but if you're around here, most of the offerings are also in person and you could you could kind of do a hybrid. Being in the front range where there is this kind of entrepreneurial spirit, this kind of tech culture, I think gives people a leg up. Who do you think is the kind of student who's going to benefit from your master's in journalism entrepreneurship? We were really looking at people who are kind of in a mid-career stage who either are in journalism and kind of want that extra knowledge to be able to do their own thing, but also people in other areas. I think we're in a moment, right, where journalism is really important. And I think we're seeing a lot of students, both at the undergrad and graduate level, who really see how they can make a difference and need 
to make a difference, whether it's activism, whether it's sustainable journalism. And that's what we're looking for, those people who are passionate about doing something with journalism that might not be the traditional path. Pat, what goals do students have when they begin the master's program? Well, I think the main goal is that students want to do something specific. So, for example, we have a student who is really interested in doing humorous feature stories about people in the tech and business industries. That's not something that you'll find in regular journalism, necessarily. And so he's really trying to create his own brand and his own organization that just does this, really talks to disruptors in a kind of humorous way. And he seems to be doing well at it. Pat Ferrucci, thanks for joining me on CityCast Denver. Learn more about CU Boulder's Masters in Journalism Entrepreneurship at colorado.edu slash program slash M-A-J-E. Thanks so much, David. And here's what else Denverites are talking about. Gun violence, still. It seems to me it's got this whole city on edge. After the horrific shooting in Texas last week, Denver Public Schools amped up security. Then, Northfield High School had to lock down after a tip about a gun on campus. Turned out to be a paintball gun. And then on Saturday night, reports of gunfire sparked a chaotic scene at the Spring Carnival at Aurora's Town Center. The police found no shell casings or any other evidence of shots fired. And no one was hurt in either case, thankfully. But I think these false alarms make it pretty clear we can expect more talk about gun control in the coming weeks. And here's something that's been really bugging me. Last week, Denver Parks and Rec announced that they are shortening their already too short outdoor swimming season. Apparently, they haven't been able to hire enough lifeguards, so the public pools won't be open until June 13th, which is a week later than planned. So if you know anyone looking for a summer job, I'm going to drop a link to the lifeguard application page in our show notes. And that's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us, rate the show wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe to our morning newsletter, where today Peyton is writing about a great way you can help stave off climate catastrophe. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you then. The one we already live in. Oh no. Shh. I thought that might have been an ambulance or something going by. Just toothless. <laughs>